welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, here's our board from last week. I'm just going to take a minute here, and what we were talking about is that pride and vain imagination, uh, and vain, by the way, the word vain means empty, void, meaningless. There's nothing of substance there, okay? So if you want to think of pride as the root of all evil, and vain imagination, a really good definition for pride. It sort of means focusing on stuff that's not what's important. Focusing on stuff that does not have long-term or eternal value. Okay, that's basically what it means. So we talked about pride and vain imagination plus what Jesus said in Matthew 5, which is taking sins from the action being a sin to not only the action, but the thought being a sin, if I participate with that thought, and to the degree that I feel it in my heart, all right? And that that basically opens the floodgates to sin, maybe not once every few days or weeks, but probably for most of us sin many times every day. And that I just really don't see how that could have been the plan. Hey, let's create man, and he'll be going through this, uh, all these different sins, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times a day, to the point that it's, he's focused most of the time on sin, which brings more sin, which means you think about it even more, and sin brings death, which is pain, either physical death or emotional death, which is depression, anxiety, pain, emotional pain, you know, all that sort of thing, okay? Does that seem like a smart plan to you from the smartest being that has ever been, the smartest being in the universe, uh, smart enough to create E equals MC squared and all these other complicated things that very few of us even understand? 
He doesn't understand them. He made them. Okay? Einstein's an idiot compared to him. Does it sound like a good plan? I don't think so. And I don't think it ever was the plan. The plan all along was grace and forgiveness and focus on the positive, love, joy, peace, etc. It's Satan that's trying to get us off track, focused in all these places and all that sort of thing. Okay? So, uh, that's a little brief review. And so what I wanted to do today, this, this looks like a ton, and it is. It's 47 scriptures, but I'm going to go through them really fast. I think today will actually be a lot shorter than normal, and what, what, I, what I felt like I wanted to do through prayer was never and always. What does God say? What does Scripture say? You know, coming out of that, it doesn't matter the last six, seven, eight weeks and what does matter and what's priority versus, and, and, and are we tricked to believe that something should be a priority that's not and something that's not a priority should be a big high priority? Um, well, one place that occurred to me is, of course, what does God say? And the first way I want to take a look at that <clears throat> is when in Scripture does God say always or never and about what? And could that be an indicator to us of what is important, what's not, where our focus should be, uh, <clears throat> if we're being tricked, kind of all of the above, okay? So these are Scriptures uh, on, on this side of the blue line are scriptures about never, when scripture says never. On this side of the blue line are scriptures always. Okay? So, let's take a look at these. Psalm 112, verse 6. I'm not going to read every scripture. Um, you'll have this. You can blow it up and check out all these scriptures for yourself, and, and we'll post it. But, but I'm not going to take the time to name the book, chapter, verse of every scripture. Okay, that would take a while, and uh, I value your time, and you can look them up. You've got it on video, and we'll post it. You can look at it if you want to. Okay, so the righteous will never be shaken. Well, is that important? Yes, you are the righteousness of Christ and God. You have that. You're given that at salvation, all right? You should never be shaken, are you? Always, always cast all of your anxiety on the Lord. And Oswald Chambers says, immediately or it will grieve the Holy Spirit, okay? He wants it. It's not yours. All those sin things, those aren't yours. Those are God's. He wants you to give them to Him. All of them, immediately, all right? Love of money, never. Love of money is the root of all evil. So is pride. They usually go together, all right? His mercies are new every morning, always. Not most mornings, every morning. What's mercy? It's that he gives me good instead of the negative that I deserve. Okay, that's it. All right, never. Um, for the righteous, you never have shame because you're righteous. 
Do you ever feel guilt and shame? Man, those are the two biggest ones of my whole life, guilt and shame. The righteous never have shame. Yeah, you can experience that emotion or feeling, but to God, you have no shame. You have no guilt, okay? If you have the righteousness of Christ, there's no guilt or shame. You are 100% right all the way to the top, okay? Uh, be always focused on grace. This is the one we talked about uh, last week, actually, right? Always be focused on grace. Back over, never. Uh, if He, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is your rock, if He is where you run to when, when anything negative is happening and you feel like you need help, strength, answers, whatever, you will never be shaken as long as He is your place that you go to for that. Your refuge, your wisdom, your knowledge, your strength. Wait on the Lord. You'll exchange your strength for His. Always pray without ceasing. Every day. How do you do that? Well, I call it the Tevye prayer from Fiddler on the Roof. Start a prayer in the morning, just keep it going all day long like He's there. And you know what? He is there. David said, where can I go that you're not there? I go to the heavens, you're there. I go to uh, Hades, hell, and you're there. And, and, his con and his conclusion, David's, there's nowhere I can go that you're not. You're everywhere. All right? So, um, he's always with you. So he's there. Talk to him like he's there. Okay? My spiritual mentor, uh, one of the first things he taught me, and this was, way over 30 years ago and it was and it was funny he might not want me sharing this well I, I think he'd be fine with it if it helped somebody but anyway he said he really knew when he was closest to the Lord when if he were somewhere by himself and he accidentally passed gas or farted without even thinking he would say Excuse me, Father. Excuse me, Jesus. Excuse me, Holy Spirit. Not, not, not an intentional in advance thing that he did without even thinking he would do that. And, and, and by the way, that happened to me years later. Um, so, but but he's, he is there. Treat him like he's there. All right? Talk to him. That's what prayer is. All right. You will never thirst if... You're in right relationship with God because he said he gives us living water that flows from inside of us, maybe from the Holy Spirit or whatever. Is he talking about literal water? I don't think so. Okay? I think he's talking about spirituality. All right? Uh, love versus fear, etc. All right? Maybe he's talking about water too. I don't know. All right? Um... Always take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. All right? Always. Every one of them. Now, I don't know that you have to take a love thought captive to Christ, but maybe. All right? Father, I have, I've had this love thought. Let me give that back to you. Can you multiply it? Can you tell me how to walk that out with this person or that person or whatever? Uh, you want me to call them, write them a note? Um, 
uh, apologize, uh, what? I mean, all right? Always take it captive. Maybe even the good stuff. Give it to him and he'll do, he'll put his stamp on it, I believe, and give it back. The negative ones, we don't want back. And he doesn't say he'll give them back either because they don't belong to me. Jesus paid for them. He has the receipt. They don't have to be paid for twice and they belong to the person who paid for them. That's Jesus, not me, not you. All right. Never let a selfish word come out of your mouth. Oh, baby. Does this nail every one of us? Yes, it does. Okay? I'm way better than that at that than I used to be, but I'm not there yet. Okay? Actually, what the scripture says is don't let a single word come out of your mouth that does not build up, encourage, and edify others. So if you're saying something that's a bummer to others, you've, you've done a never. You've done a, a thing you're never supposed to do, according to the Father. All right. Love, uh, love always hopes. Always. Love never loses hope. Ever. And Scripture says our hope does not disappoint. Why? Because we have a lifetime guarantee. He's going to make everything work out for our good. Everything. And then we're going to heaven for millions and billions of years and we're just getting started. All right? Um, never consider yourself better than others. In fact, it says consider others equal, even better than yourself. Are you doing that? Or do you look down on others? Do you value others by how much money they have or what job they have or what house or car they drive or their clothes or, or how good looking or not they are um, or anything else, okay? That's judging. We're not supposed to do that. Consider others equal to at least or even better than yourself, okay? So if you wouldn't treat yourself that way, don't treat them that way. And if you would treat yourself badly, you're not supposed to do that either. You're supposed to treat yourself well, just as God does, all right? But also others. Um, Jesus is said that the whole law always is love. And love sums up the law. And if you are doing love, there is no law in opposition to that. You, you have fulfilled the whole law if you truly love and do that on a consistent basis. Jesus. Um, we are never saved or lost by our works. Either one. Not saved or lost. It's all the grace of God. Right? Uh, always speak the truth in love. Which means you can't speak the truth angry. You can't speak the truth trying to manipulate somebody. It has to be in love, okay? And if you love someone, you can't lie to them. Even a white lie. Even a, 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 a thing that maybe you engineer in your mind that's technically not a lie, but it's trying to mislead or deceive or manipulate somebody. That is a lie. The real definition of a lie is any attempt to deceive, okay? Um, 
never say the name of God in vain. But, but, in that passage, it says what the name of God is. And it's not God. It's Yahweh. Y-H-V-E. Yahweh. Uh, many Jewish people will not say that word today because they believe that way back yonder under the old law, the high priest was the only one who could say that, all right? So you'd be like struck by a lightning bolt or something. Now, I don't know that that was ever true, all right? But you know, well, it may have been, but when Jesus died, as you know, the veil was rent in two. Now, we don't have inter any intermediary between us and God. It's direct now, all right? So, um, never use the name of God in vain, but he specified his name, Yahweh. Well, does that mean I can use God with any negative? No, I would not do that. Uh, I, I mean, I honor that too. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about if I didn't honor the word God. Because to me, in my heart, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to Yahweh when I say God. And I would say, if you feel that way too, don't do it. But it is specified. All right? Always be ready to give an answer for what you believe. Uh, a while back, I had a, a person wanted to have uh, a meal with me, which I was uh, happy to do. I'd known him for a long, long time. And we got there, and they said that the reason they wanted to meet with me is that they were concerned that I was going to hell because my biblical and spiritual views were too liberal, all right? Which I really appreciated. And, and, and I was actually excited that they said that. And I pulled out a Bible and said, all right, cool, thank you so much for being concerned and caring enough about me to do that. Let's open the Bible and look at what it says about these things that I say, etc. And I mean, it was unbelievable. It was almost like I was Dracula and he was holding a silver cross up to try to protect himself. He pushed that Bible away and was like, oh, 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 uh, um... I don't really read the Bible. I don't understand it very well, and um, I'm not a big reader. Um, I just kind of go with what the preacher says, all right? Always be ready to give an answer for what you believe, not what the preacher says or any other person. And if you can't, you need to do that. Start doing that now. You need to start reading scripture, studying, talking to people smarter than you, maybe looking at a couple of easy commentaries or whatever, and come to your own conclusion about the truth of scripture to the point that you can not only defend it, you can share it with other people, which is the whole point uh, of what we're supposed to be about once we are saved and come to the Lord. All right? Okay. Um, never judge any other person, period. And it, as you judge is the way you will be judged. And if you do not forgive others, you will not be forgiven. All right? Woo! Boy, those are big words. That, that, that's a big never. Big never. All right? Do you judge others? If you don't, congratulations. Most people do. 
even believers, always give thanks for everything. Be thankful in all circumstances. Man, I could have never even existed, right? God knit me together in my mother's womb. He knew me before the foundations of the world. Alex, he knew me and you, all right? Always give thanks. I exist. God loved me before any of this ever happened, loves me today has given me a lifetime guarantee, loves me so much he let his son die for me and you, okay? Always give thanks. So if, you're, if you are very negative, pessimistic, and complaining, ooh, you just violated the always, okay? All right. Um, if you believe Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you will never die. I actually think that might be a mistranslation. It may say you will never perish. I'm not sure, okay? I need to check that. But if you believe in Jesus, you'll never die. Not spiritually, and you'll go on to the next life and live eternally and never die there. All right? Um, deny your flesh always, okay? Most people live by this thing, this, this, this stuff that we call flesh, all right? When I'm hungry, that dominates me. When I'm cold, that dominates me. When I'm hot, that dominates me. If I want sex, that dominates me. If I don't want to go to work, that dominates me, okay? All of these things and a, and a thousand others are connected to our flesh. We would never experience those things. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Never live by the flesh. And most, most believers I talk to live by their flesh every single day. All right? All right? Okay. Um, okay. Uh, never be lacking in zeal. Never lose your spiritual fervor. That I, I will I, I will quote that one. Uh, 2 Peter 1. Never lose your spiritual zeal and fervor. Look up those words today. Zeal and fervor. And tell me if, if that's the way you think and feel about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Scripture, church, believers, the kingdom, your life as a Christian, uh, spirituality, all right? Is that an everyday zeal and fervor for you? Or is it, okay. Yeah, you, you, I think I shared this in uh, a recent uh, teaching. One of the things that surprised me that I heard from so many believers during COVID, over 50 told me this, and they were usually apologizing when they said it, one of the things I really enjoyed about COVID was not having to go to church. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not spiritual zeal and fervor. Now, it could be the problem is with church, that, that it is more of the Roman Catholic design from the Inquisition that kind of 
sidetrack Christianity not too long after it was born. Uh, the Jerusalem church is what we're supposed to go by, and that's what we're told about in Scripture, okay? But that was all hijacked by Rome, and then they mandated, you will do church our way from now on, or we will kill you with pain. And they did for 400 years. And estimates go from hundreds of thousands to some of them up as high as 10 or 15 million, even more than the Holocaust from the Inquisition. Okay? Well, maybe the reason you don't have fervor about church is they're not really following the Jerusalem church as God intended. The early Jerusalem church, man, they were excited about getting together. There's zeal and fervor everywhere in these pages about the Jerusalem church, all right? They had everything in common. They were selling their property to help other people. They were getting together constantly. I mean, doesn't that sound like zeal and fervor? Where's yours? You need to get it. It's an always. Oh, no, it's a, it's a never. Never lose your zeal and fervor, okay? Uh, always be kind. No exceptions. Always be kind. It is, the, it is the easiest, simplest thing that you can do to make the biggest difference in another person's life. Simply to be kind. Alright? Always be kind. Are you? Do the fruits of the Spirit and you will never stumble. If your intention when you wake up in the morning is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control, so help me God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit who's living in me, manifesting those, you will never stumble. That'll keep you on the path, all right? Uh, always sacrifice your body. That's uh, uh, Romans 12.1. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind but how do you do that? By presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Okay? And that transforms your mind. And then it says in that same scripture, you will be able to tell right from wrong and be able to do what is right. But before you do that, you got to deny the flesh. you got to never live in the flesh. Because they, they war against each other, right? Right? Okay. Um... Rejoice always. Kind of like the always be thankful, always rejoice. Why? You're saved. You've already won the game. You've already won the game. You're still alive. You've not died and gone to heaven. But you've got the ticket. You've already won. All right? You're going to be in the most incredible place ever imagined that's going to make this earth look like a trash dump, probably. And when you're there a million years, you'll not even be getting started good yet. You think that's something to be happy and rejoice about? Hey, I get excited if there's a really good game coming up this weekend. All right? How much bigger is that? Okay? A lot. Follow Jesus and you will never be in the dark. Uh, love always protects always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. So are you loving or are you not? If you're, if you're truly loving, 
You should always be protecting, hoping, trusting, and persevering even in the midst of pain and unfortunate circumstances. If you're not doing that, there's a good chance instead of loving, you're fearing and being selfish because of the fear. All right? Um, the Lord will never forsake you. He doesn't say he'll forsake you if you... No. Never forsake you. And the unpardonable sin is not God forsaking us. It's us forsaking God. I've been told by scholars that the unpardonable sin is basically the prodigal son who never comes back home. Now the father is waiting on him, would, would welcome him with open arms, would restore him, would put the ring on his finger, throw the party, all of that, but he will never come back. Okay? Um, always do good, especially to others. Okay? Um, never practice sin. And we've talked about that the last several weeks. In those passages, those scary passages where it talks about if you lie and steal and murder and, and have sexual immorality and do all of this, you're going to hell and you're going to... But they don't say that. I grew up being told that's what they said, but that's not what they say. What they say is those who practice these things. Well, that's an intention to sin, not an intention not to sin. See the difference? Okay. Um, if you love the Father, you will keep His commandments. Are you loving Him or not? Maybe you can tell some of that by are you being obedient to Him or are you gratifying your sinful nature over and over and over? All right? Um, okay, and that was all of the nevers. There's a few more always. Um, Jesus intercedes at the right hand of the Father for you always, constantly. Jesus is always at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. Pretty cool. Um, let your conversations always be full of grace. Let your conversations always be full of grace. I think that has multiple meanings. Maybe one meaning is uh, talking about grace, scripturally, spiritually, in the kingdom, okay? Uh, another way is being gracious to the people that you're with and talking to, okay? But all your conversations should always be full of grace. In all things, at all times, you will have everything needed. In all things, at all times, you will have everything needed. And uh, the next one, you'll have peace at all times. Do you? Do you have peace at all times? Well, it's available to you. You're just not accessing it. All right? And then I think I put a couple over here that wouldn't fit over there. Love at all times. God, um, can't read my own writing. God is our refuge and strength always in times of trouble. 
God is always our refuge and strength in times of trouble, no exceptions. Loving your heart and you will have life beyond imagination. That's a good one to end on, I think. If you have love in your heart, you will have a life beyond what you can ask or imagine. The love of Christ, the love of Jesus in your heart by faith. You will have life beyond what you can ask or imagine. So is your heart full of love? Is it full of fear, anxiety, selfishness, other stuff? Okay? Um, every thought you have has potential action. So it's important to pay attention to your thoughts. Okay? Um, if it's not love, don't do it. If it's not love-based, and joy, peace, patience, all the rest of the fruits of the Spirit, those are love-based. In fact, I've been told that the actual literal translation is that the fruit of the Spirit is love expressing itself as joy, peace, patience, etc. All right? And that makes sense to me because 1 Corinthians 13 starts with, um, you know, uh, it starts with introducing love. You know, though, though I have all this stuff, uh, but don't have love, I've got nothing. And then it starts telling about love. Love doesn't easily anger. Love uh, always perseveres. Love always. Love never. All right? And it's, and it's kind of the same stuff. All right? Um, let's see. Uh, uh, here's another one. Acts 2, 24, 16. Always. Your conscience should be void of offense toward God and others. Your conscience should be void of offense. No offense. Currently, I've either said I'm sorry or made it right or told them you're forgiven or whatever, okay? It's void of offense toward God or others. Anything in your conscience negative toward God or others? It's not supposed to be there. Okay? All right. So what's my point of going through this besides just the obvious? Here's some things where God says, hey, never do this, or this is, it never works this way, or always do this, or this is always how it works. What's my point? Where's the passage that says never sin? Forty-seven passages. Now, there's others. I, the Forty-seven is not all there are of always and never. It's more prominent ones. But let me assure you, the passage that says never sin does not exist. It says never practice sin. Or words and phrases that mean the same thing. If you're doing it continually, as a habit, as a practice as a, you know, you're not intending to give that up. It's not that you slipped up in sin. You do this every day and intend to, okay? It never says never sin. I think, first of all, because we can't, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But maybe the bigger is that's just not the point, okay? 
God doesn't want us focused on sin. Always love. Always love is all over the place. Always sin. I mean, never sin. It's not in there. Okay? Remember the other side of the board? Jesus brought sin from actions to thoughts. From maybe one every few days or weeks or months to probably a bunch of them every day. But they're all covered by grace. God does not want us focused on sin. There's no, there's no verse that says never sin. There's multiple things saying always love and be focused on love. So what are you doing today? Where are you more focused? Are you 80% sin, 20% love, which is what kind of the modern studies, the best recent studies say. We lean 80% to the negative. That's basically sin and things that come from sin. All right? Well, in my opinion, that needs to be 80% love, 20% sin. We'll probably never get to zero sin while we're here on this earth as far as thinking about it. But we should for sure be 80, 90% focused on love, very little focused on sin, and immediately giving that to the Father. Okay? Are you focused on love and grace and uh, the goodness of God and joy, peace, patience, the fruits of the Spirit and all that, like we've uh, read here? Are you focused on what I want, when I want, seek pleasure, avoid pain, the flesh, and sin, either to do it or in fear of it? We're not supposed to go there either, okay? We're supposed to give it to God and He'll take care of it and us. Sin is not scary to God, all right? Always love. Never live your life focused on sin and, and the things that come from sin, okay? It will ruin your life. It's not what God intended. It's not what Scripture says. Always love. Never live your life focused on sin. The more you sin, the more you focus on it, the more you do it. The purpose of the law was so that sin would increase. That's exactly what focusing on sin does. Focus on love, always, and love keeps increasing. Okay? Which are you doing? Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.